0: Hey guys, today in episode six, I'm talking to those new teachers out there. You just got your first job and you're sitting in the summer thinking, okay, what now? What do I do now? We're going to answer all those kind of questions that you really don't know the answers to and kind of what you should be focusing on during this summer and this time of waiting to get to your classroom and meet those first set of kiddos that I know you're going to impact. So buckle up. Let's get started. You just got a teaching job. How exciting is that? Congratulations, you did it. But I feel like after you sign that contract, announce it on social media, it's like, wait a second, what do I do now? I've been hired, but I literally have no idea what I should do, what I can do, what I need to focus on, what I need to forget about until school starts. I know what you're feeling for sure. The overwhelm you feel in this insane window of time wondering what you do now and the amount of questions you ask yourself without knowing an answer makes you question all the things. And you know what even as a seasoned teacher weird analogy like what are we pasta like You're just plain old spaghetti year one and buttered pasta year two. I'm sitting at like a marinara sauce with no meat at year seven. (laughs) Anyway, that was a silly analogy. But as a seasoned teacher, I feel those same questions about what I should be doing in the meantime preparing for that impending school year. Do I need to be focusing on that new prep I'm teaching? Do I need to be focusing on uh, building up my facilities? Do I need to be focusing on um reorganizing my classroom like what are the things I need to be focusing on. So believe me, a lot of us are in the same boat as you. But for the purposes of this episode, we're going to be talking about brand new ag teachers um, who are just starting their new job. And you know, I don't have all the answers, so I did what I did what I do best and I think what ag teachers do best is I asked the ag teachers in my community for the their advice. So we're going to dive into the four categories that these ag teachers said that we should jump into and think about now that you just got your first job. I got a lot of good advice from a lot of good ag teachers. So are you ready? Do you have a piece of paper to write? So we have four things starting with number one. Not in any particular order. I just happen to have number one. So curriculum planning, yes. I know that sounds like the lamest one, probably not the one you wanted to, to start with, but I think it's important to chat about. I'm talking about curriculum planning, not lesson planning. There's a big difference between curriculum planning and lesson planning. So I think that the summer is a great time to figure out unit planning or curriculum mapping. Unsure, uh there there are two different things in my mind so curriculum mapping would be taking your semester or year however long you have to teach your your classes maybe it's nine weeks if you're at a middle school or even six weeks and you cut up the standards that you need to teach and say I'm going to teach standard one for three days standard two for six days standard five you know whatever that's curriculum ma- mapping unit planning is actually looking at standard one is let's say FFA. I want to hit, you know, standard one has three little subsections. I'm gonna hit standard 1.1 on Monday, 1.2, you know, on those days. So that's unit planning, deciding what I'm actually gonna teach during that FFA unit. I like to unit plan during the school year. So I always try and stay a unit ahead of what I'm teaching. This can range from one to six weeks long, depending on what I'm doing. It keeps me ahead of the game rather than just a day. And I know as a new teacher, some days are going to be that, that you are a day ahead of your kids, especially if you're teaching a lot of preps or preps that you just aren't as super comfortable with um, rather than ones that you feel super comfortable with that you could teach no problem, just, you know, give me the students, I got this. But during the summer, I want you to focus on mapping out the year by standards, <coughs> excuse me, not just lessons. Because believe me, I know, and I have been, I have done this before, I map out the best first couple days of school. Like, those lesson plans are killer. And then I get to the second week of school, and I have nothing for the rest of the year. Nothing because I spent so much time focusing on that bomb, you know, amazing lit first week that I spent no time figuring out anything else. I don't know how many days I'm gonna teach this unit, I don't know how many weeks I need to put on, I don't know how many standards I need to fit. So focus on mapping out the year by your standards. So for example, you have 16 standards to teach in 32 weeks, right? Simple, two weeks each. Well, it might not be that easy you need to take into account the facilities that you have to provide more content on one topic than another. For example, I spend six weeks on animal science in my basic ag class, but only two weeks in ag mechanics. Why do I, you know, separate it so much where I could just keep them all the same? It's because I don't have a shop. I used to have a shop and I spent a lot of time on ag mechanics at my old school, but now I don't have a shop or access to you know, welders, all that, all that fun stuff, carpentry, masonry that I did at my old school. But we do have an awesome animal facility with live animals that I can use to teach different um, uh, breeds of animals, um, different types of livestock. And I think you need to take that into account because you might be different than your friend who you graduated with. You can't just take somebody's uh, unit plan or curriculum map, and think, oh, I'm just going to take this and do it exactly like that. Take into account maybe even the pathway that you're teaching. If you are in an animal science pathway, maybe it makes sense to to add an extra week on animal science to prep them for that next class they're going to take. Or maybe in ag mechanics, your friend down the road doesn't even touch electrification but you have to teach it that next year in the second level class. Maybe it's a good idea to get those basics to those kids. So I would 100% advise you to ask around your ag teacher community. Your ag teacher community are people you know and trust. It's not just people on the internet. Yes, ag teachers are on the internet, we love each other, we are out there, but think about people you know you trust. Maybe it's your mentor teacher that you student taught under. Maybe it was somebody at your old high school. Maybe it's your old ag teacher. Maybe it's somebody you just met and they were super awesome. Um, they're your ag teacher community. And see if they have a template that you could use for a curriculum map, math um, or if they would be willing to share theirs with you or even just give you advice. And just remember that ag ed is not one size fits all. And being able to curriculum map or unit plan lets you be flexible because there are those days that you probably don't know of right now off the top of your head that you're going to be out. Maybe you're sick. Maybe something happens with your livestock. Maybe there's a show you didn't have on your calendar and you're going to have to toss in some emergency plans um, and, and, and switch around your unit planning. I think it's much easier to do when you have the map out there to be flexible as AgED throws curveballs at you throughout the year. And remember that you might be even flexible too, knowing your students and knowing your program once you get into the classroom. Speaking of, step two, so first we had curriculum planning, now we have relationship building. Summertime is a great time to start building relationships. I was actually just emailing my Um, CTE director and I said, summer is one of my favorite times, most productive and favorite times with my students because I can really build up those relationships with them because we don't have the pressure of curriculum. We don't have the pressure of the banquet of fundraisers as much as CDEs as much. We're able to just grow that rapport with our students. And, you know, obviously you should be relationship building with your students through SAE visits, CDE practices, chapter officer training, but who else? Who else should you be building those relationships with? Well, to be honest, everybody who is a stakeholder in your program. That could be FFA alumni, your administration, your front office staff, your custodians, uh, the people who work in the uh, cafeteria, city and county officials, local agribusinesses, and so on and so on sounds like a lot, but it's as easy to go up and say, hey, I'm so-and-so. It's so nice to meet you. I'm the new ag teacher at blankety-blank school, so you know what? You're probably going to need help from those people throughout the year. All of those that I've named, I'm going to need help from those people throughout the year. The people who work in the cafeteria, sometimes we need ice for events. Instead of us going out, they let us use the ice, but would it be appropriate for me to ask them a favor when they don't even know my name and I haven't even, you know, extended gratitude or anything to them. Yeah, I guess I could do it, but that might not be good for my program in the long run. Obviously you're gonna need stuff from your administration. You know, I had a good relationship with my administration at my old school and I remember one day I forgot to turn in a field trip request. And I was like so scared that we wouldn't be able to go to the state CDE that we had been preparing for for such a long time. But because I had the relationships with the administration and, you know, talked to them, we invited them to all the events and and they knew that we were doing good things and it was just a mistake that they were able to see past that mistake and support our program. But if I hadn't been doing my due diligence and building those relationships with those people, I might not get to that. So this summer, maybe find out if there's any events you can attend around town that you can meet people. Maybe it's a local cattlemen's meeting, a county show. Obviously, your cities have uh, city council meetings all the time. Just show up, and a lot of people will just introduce themselves. Um, Something that I always think about, about getting yourself out there, is our past Georgia Ag Ed leader always said that he can tell if it's a good Ag program, if he could stand on the city streets, uh, you know, the most populated area of your um, your program and ask passerbys about the program. That always scared me so bad because the, the current program I work at now is in a huge city. Um, it was named one of the fastest growing cities in our state. And there are, tw- I don't even know how many high schools, like 40 some middle schools, 70 or something elementary schools. I mean, it's a huge county. But after time passed, we're only a fourth, we're starting our fifth year. I know that the community knows about our program and we have a very good reputation based on times we spent in the community. Was I like an awkward lost puppy the first year? Absolutely. You know, just like, hi, I'm Sarah, I'm the new ag teacher. And they're like, what's ag? But now, if you stood on the city corner at my in my town, I'm very confident that passerbys will have heard of the Cambridge Science and Veterinary Education program. They might not know my name, which is fine, because it's not just my program. It's my teaching partners, it's my students, it's my alumni, it's my principals, it's everyone's program. But it started with us establishing those relationships with those people. And now those people who probably thought that we were crazy for starting an ag program in this area are some of the biggest stakeholders in our community but also are some of the biggest advocates for our program. And as an introvert, yes, I'm an introvert, this is hard for me. So if you're an introvert, I I feel you, I feel you, but you just gotta put yourself out there. You just gotta put yourself out there. Think about what you would say to your students. Sometimes we send them out on industry tours or things and we're like, hey, you need to go talk to this person. If you're gonna tell your students to do it, you need to be able to do it yourself. So relationship building, just get yourself out there in your community. It'll be great. Step three, expectations and culture. Guys, you need to figure this out for yourself. If you don't know what to expect from your students before you walk in the first day, they will never meet it because students rise to the expectations you set. Students are gonna rise to your expectations if they're high they'll rise and meet them. I I bet they meet them. But if you go in and give low expectations or no expectations, guess what they're going to give you? Nothing. Nada. What do you expect? If you don't tell them what you expect of them, they are not going to meet it. If you don't tell them, communicate the expectations or the culture you want in your classroom, your students are not going to know. Why? Because they have seven, six, five, eight, different teachers telling them different things throughout the day and they might just assume you're like everybody else or they might assume hey this is this new teacher we can do whatever you want but if you walk in the first day second day and and you treat them the way that you expect them to treat you 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 know mutual respect and you decide what are those things what do you expect it will you know be so much better for you than if you just go in and you just hope for the best so what do you expect do you expect cleanliness do you expect no standing up before the bell i always say i am a stickler for this you got to be seated to be dismissed and i'll say it and, and they'll be standing up and they i will not let anybody leave until they're seated um that's just a, a personal thing i don't like standing at the door uh we work the whole time so they shouldn't be standing up anyway (laughs) what about is there a, a late work policy do you have sign in and sign out procedures for the bathroom for your barn for the greenhouse do you expect your officer team to attend all ffa events including officer meetings sounds pretty cut and dry right but if you are new you might have a totally new program or you are new to them program you gotta let them know what you expect and expectations breed culture. Culture in your classroom or program can either make or break you as a teacher. But I know that like, if you, if you just set the expectations, think about what do you expect. Think about some of the best classroom that you've been in before and say, what are those things that I would like in my classroom? What are the things I want to bring in? You don't have to be exactly like somebody else. You don't have to have the same rules. You don't have to have the same um, guidelines. You don't have to have that. But what do you, as a teacher, need to be your best self in the classroom? I don't know what that is. I don't know the answer. But I would advise you, again, to reach out to seasoned teachers, like marinara sauce, meat sauce, you know, pesto, (laughs) something like that. And ask them what their biggest classroom culture mistakes have been. Or brand new ag teachers are great people who have just finished their first year to really talk to and say, hey, what were those things that you wish you did? But also realize you're going to fail at some time at something. And that is so okay. There are going to be things you're going to have to change and edit. Again, being back to flexible, but make sure you walk in with those expectations set. So you start the year off strong and don't have to re- about, like redo all the rules in October because it's gotten out of control. All right, last one, best one, or at least in my opinion. I'm super passionate about it. Boundaries. If you haven't listened to episode four of the Green and Growing podcast, please go back and listen to that about boundaries. I go into detail about how boundaries can really help you as a new ag teacher as a current ag teacher as any teacher as any person in the entire world it will help you boundaries are important okay as an agriculture teacher we have a lot on our plate i i'm not going to sugarcoat it it's a lot it's different than being I don't know, a, a content, just a content teacher. And content teachers work so hard. I know they are at home doing lesson planning. I know they are doing all those things. A lot of ag teachers, they have extended contracts that require them to work more. I have a program of work that I must meet through my state and through my county. And it's required for me to do that or I might not have a job anymore. So boundaries are a way to help you Set guidelines for yourself to keep yourself accountable when it comes to your job. Let me remind you that agriculture education, teaching, whatever, it's a job. It's a job. At a certain point in time, you are not going to be doing it anymore, right? But there are other things in your life that are going to stay constant throughout your life past the time of agriculture education. And you will reap what you sow. I know I'm speaking to the choir when I say (laughs) agricultural, you know, topics like that. If you aren't, you know, sowing seeds in your relationships outside of agriculture education, if you're not sowing seeds in your health, if you're not sowing seeds into your students or into um, your faith or whatever that means to you, what are those things that are super important to you? At the end of the day, nothing's gonna grow. So putting boundaries in, like the the three things I talk about in the the episode are make a plan before you plan for your chapter. So what are the things that you gotta do this year? Make that plan um, before the year begins. So when you start meeting with your chapter officers, you already have those things on your calendar that are sorry, this is happening. Maybe it's a family vacation, maybe it's a professional development thing you have to do, whatever make those boundaries strict boundaries then do the incredible minimum yep the incredible minimum Um, meaning this year or whatever year you might need to just do the minimum requirements that the state county administration put on you so you can thrive and then do those minimum requirements incredibly Instead of spreading yourself so thin on all these little things and trying to do too much that you get burnt out. Instead, rock those minimum things on your program of work, on whatever, and do them, like, so well, so well, because you're, you're placing time in your schedule to do those minimum things. And believe me, it's okay. It's okay to do the minimums on your program of work. You're still meaning everything. You're just doing everything and focusing your intent on doing those things as well and as quality work as you can. And you know what? Things might change. You might be able to add another CDE, add another trip, add another thing next year. Reevaluate, just like I said in the first step. Make your plan before you plan your chapter. Every year is different. I did less last year cuz I just got off maternity leave and wanted to spend more time with my kids. I'm adding some things this year, but I need to reevaluate that and set my boundaries before I meet with my kids. And that's the last thing, is reflect and revise. You're going to have to reflect and revise. Maybe it's a semester thing. Maybe it's a uh, a yearly thing. Sitting down with your teaching partner, if you have one. Sitting down with your county ag teachers, if you guys work really close together. And reflect and revise what you guys need to do. I think it's super important for us to to set boundaries as new teachers, especially thinking of the future. Every year is not going to be the same in agriculture education. You're going to have different different responsibilities. Maybe it's your parents who needed to move back home. Maybe it's you had your first child. Maybe it's, you know, you got to help out your family financial situation and get a second job. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Something is going to pop out throughout your tenure and maybe even just this first year. Setting those boundaries now will help you thrive as a teacher in the years to come. And really, really setting those boundaries and thinking about yourself, thinking about your family, thinking about all of those things and remembering that it is a job. It is a job and you should love it. Oh, don't get me wrong. You should love it and you should put your heart into it, but at the end of the day, it's a job. So, you just got your first teaching job. I'm so excited for you, and I am cheering for you so hard. I wish you knew, and I wish you could see me cheering for you throughout the year. So, remember that this summer, you can't do it all. Figure out what works for you, but from other ag teachers, from the people that I've looked up, and I've, I've looked at some other teachers too, these are the things that you, sh- you can spend some time focusing on this summer. Curriculum planning, relationship building, expectation and culture, and setting those boundaries. So one last thing, if you are listening to this when it launches, which is in July of 2019, email me. If you are a brand new ag teacher and you have questions about going into a new teaching job, Because I would love to chat with you. I'm going to do a live podcast session, um, like a coaching call, to just kind of sit down and talk with a new ag teacher going into their first year. So if that is you and you are interested in chatting with me, it doesn't matter what state you're in, I'd love to meet you. Send me an email over at agteacherhowtos at gmail.com. And guys, stay green, and growing. Because if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're ripe. You've heard it before, and you're hearing it again. This summer, we will be hosting the first ever Germinate Virtual Summer Conference. That's right. From July 10th to July 12th, you guys have access to pre-recorded sessions All about the things that we need help in in agriculture education. In topics from agriculture education, classroom instruction, FFA, and SAE. Over 20 sessions from 16 different presenters from 10 different states. And because you're a loyal listener of the Green and Growing podcast, you can use the code podcast for 20% off your conference admission rate. Make sure that you sign up today.